Hey everyone, it's time again to crack open a cold one and talk real estate with Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, based in Cleveland, Ohio. We are chatting about all things real estate, from agent training, real estate investing, buyer and seller tips, and more. It's free beer and real estate. All right, we're live recording, and it's time for another training session, and this one is called The Customer Is Not Always Right. So I've got uh, Tony Geraci on with me. I'll do some intros here and uh, kind of tell you where we're going with that. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please consider subscribing to our channel so you don't miss uh, future training sessions with me, Mike Ferrante with Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. I run a team here in Northeast Ohio of about 30 agents. And, and of course I'm with Century 21 Homestar and broker owner, Tony Geraci is on. Tony, uh, uh, you're on phone today because we've got some uh, power problems at the office, correct? Yes, we're on half power. I don't know what that really means. Like half the lights are on and, and the computers won't go on. So I'm on my phone and audio today. Yeah, so I think they call that a leg going out. And when you lose a, a leg, whether it's power or a real leg, it's never a good thing. It actually uh, throws off your electrical service and it can be damaging to your electronics. So if that ever happens to you, don't use your electronics, guys. Uh, but Tony is the broker owner. You can reach Tony at 216-374-1269. Uh, he's a texting machine, so reach out to him that way. If you want to reach me, email's better for me. It's mike at 21mike.com. That's a perfect way to get a hold of me. So let me circle back. I'm going to do a quick intro to this again. It's the customer is not always right, and I'm going to explain it in this way. I read a story about Southwest Airlines a while back, and you know Southwest Airlines does things a little different. They really focus on their employees, by the way, and that's how they have this great uh, service uh, rating. So they're, they make their employees happy and the employees in turn make the customers happy. So the story goes like this. There's a particular customer of Southwest Airlines and it's a woman, we'll just call her Mrs. Jones. I, I don't really know what her real name was, but this is a true story. So Mrs. Jones would fly Southwest and she would send a letter and she'd say, I don't like the way you do your boarding. You know, Southwest does things their own way where you line up and it's just not the same as all the other airlines. And then, you know, their seating is done a certain way. And so anyway, every time she'd fly, she'd send another letter to Southwest and they'd reply and just say whatever. Um, and finally, this came to the attention of the CEO of Southwest Airlines who wrote her back. And essentially his reply was, Mrs. Jones, we got all your letters. We're going to miss you. Because the, the point was they do things their way and she didn't like it. Well, you know, she needs to either get with the program or go find a different airline. So that's kind of a hint at what we're going to talk about today with the customer is not always right. Um, I've kind of broken it down into three categories of reasons why this conversation is valid. And believe me, we're not saying we don't give good customer service because that's not a way to handle a service related business. Um, whether you're a team leader, whether you're a solo agent, whether you're a broker, you know, we are in a service business. Uh, Tony, you're in the service industry, only your customers are your agents, right? You have to um, keep them satisfied. So it's just a little Correct. different. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly it. Well, and also customers too. Anytime we have customers that don't want to, you know, want to go higher up, <laughs> I jump in and help out. So any to any of our agents, I'm always here to help, you know, 
if you've ever been to any type of business where they want they they want to hear a second opinion or they want to know who's in charge of you that's uh part of my day every day too and happy to help that's that's right and i know sometimes those are tough calls to field but uh, at the same time, you've got to feel that call. Like when you're at the restaurant and you say, well, I want to see the manager. Essentially for you, Tony, you're the manager when they want to escalate something. I don't like the answer that Mike is giving me. I want to talk to someone else. So Tony, you get the pleasure of handling those. Um, but here, Correct. let me dive in here to what my three, my three kind of categories of the customer is not always right um, falls into. So number one, while the customer often thinks they know what they want, they don't know everything, especially about our business. And let me elaborate a little bit on this. And then Tony, I'm gonna ask for, for your thoughts. Um, I'll give you three examples under this category of the customer doesn't know everything. In fact, they don't even know as much as you do. Even newer agents, you guys don't realize how much you actually know about the business. So here's three examples. Number one is pricing. You know, Raise your hand if you've ever met a seller who, wanted to price their house too high, you know, and we know better than that. We, we know pricing. Uh, number two is ethics. You know, we know the standards that we're held to. We know what we have to do. And sometimes that doesn't coincide with what the customer thinks wants. Um, and a third example is multiple offers. Um, so again, raise your hand if you've ever had a, a customer, say a seller, say these words. Well, tell them we have a higher offer or tell them we have multiple offers. We know that as realtors, we're not allowed to lie. We can't fabricate offers. So in a case like that, the customer is not right. And it's our job to kind of explain to them why we do what we do and why we're held to these higher standards. Uh, Tony, I know you're probably foaming at the mouth wanting to jump in on this one because you see these kind of things all the time. Um, can you elaborate uh, on that yeah. category a little bit? <laughs> in 30 years in the business, I think everybody or most people are good people, but some people watch too much TV. Some people get bad advice from other people and they get us into situations sometimes as agents to do things because they, and, and not to offend any uh, attorneys out there. Sometimes they think we're attorneys, which we all know, you know, my opinion, my experience, attorneys can lie. <laughs> we can't. So sometimes I think in negotiations, we can in, in situations because we're representing them that we could say things and do things that is not always ethical and uh, professional to do. And agents sometimes dance on that line uh, a lot with that. And I jump in as a broker and a lot of times, many, many times a year, I tell agents and talk to clients and just say, we can't do that. Uh, you know, that's if you were negotiating yourself or had an attorney involved, you can do that. We can't. So, so Tony, what, that helps. why don't, why don't we, what, uh, let me jump in. Uh, so a customer asks you to do something that you know is unethical. Um, go ahead and like role play that for me. Like, hey, Tony, I want you to tell them this. And it's a, definitely <laughs> against the code of ethics. Tell me what you'd say to that customer. Correct. No, this definitely, this is our, our code of ethics. We cannot do something or say something that would, would hurt another side. We have ethics and rules to play with and, and, and laws to play with, or not play with, but follow. But these clients, some, some clients sometimes play a game, I've referred to it as. Like when you're selling, um, example, uh, like if you're going down a street and there's, there's different stores or different uh, 
you know, like a bazaar, you know, you know, you, you make that, you see the movies. If you ever, you go up and down, it's a haggle and they see, they try to look at someone and try to shore them up and go, okay. And then I see clients do that. Like, especially like with us, with sellers, sometimes the uh, sellers try to renegotiate, not often at the end because they know they have leverage and they're using the law and the legal system to, to, to fight it. You know, people take legal action against other people for the things that we can't control. So if that kind of makes sense is that we see a, uh, clients, you know, who, who wants it more, you know, when you, someone sells something and they have its value, someone wants it more than someone who's selling it, they'll pay more. That's what's happening out there and things going over asking price. And some sellers are getting even more going over, stepping over the lines. They won't go into detail, but you could use an example. It's a week before closing. The seller knows that the buyer needs to move and the seller doesn't. And they go, well, let's, let's roll the dice, see how much they really want this house. And then have us relay messages back to them to do unethical and say unethical things. And just to, because they know that they're in a position uh, of leverage and trying to get more out of sellers. And we've seen buyers do it too. You know, all of a sudden seller has to move. They bought a new house and they go, I'm going to fix this, this, this. I'm not closing until this happens, even though it's not on the contract. So if that explains that. Yep, that's perfect. So again, to kind of recap that, we're going, uh, we kind of categorize three three items here, three groups of uh, examples of when the customer is not always right. And number one is they don't know everything especially as it pertains to real estate business. And if there's non-real estate people listening, you know, keep in mind, this is, this could apply to every business, uh, but also as it applies to our, our ethics. So that's category number one. Let's switch to category number two, Tony, because we're like cruising through our time here. Category number two has to do with uh, the number of customers. Okay. You don't need every customer. Okay. So um, I've heard it explained different ways. Uh, you know, find your tribe is the way they say it in the Tom Ferry system. Um, but you don't need every customer. I, I just ran some numbers. Uh, last month alone in Cuyahoga County, there were there were 18, over 1,800 sales just in Cuyahoga County. Now, that's a lot of sales, guys. Now, I, don't, I also know there's a lot of agents, but... You know, you don't, you don't have to get every single customer. So what we always say is that you want to find the right customers, okay? Yes, we, want, we all want more customers, or most of us do, but it's all about finding the right customers. So uh, I, I hope that, that concept kind of makes sense. Uh, Tony, you, you've probably seen this from uh, an agent standpoint. You know, you, uh, like, like we know that different brokerages offer different benefits, and and we're, for example, Homestar is not for every agent, just like other, a certain, another company won't be for every agent. Um, how has this um, affected you and your business? And then secondly, um, how have you seen agents figuring out who their tribe is? You know, can, can you give me some examples without saying names? Oh, sure. On a broker level to that. Yeah. So basically just, I mean, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of real estate companies and offices in Ohio and just agents and everybody has their pros and, and cons and everybody has their feel and, and what's best for agents. And there's many options out there, just like agents. Uh, there's, there's one on every street corner, so to say. 
Uh, and, uh, and I see a lot of agents when you're saying pick your tribe or pick your client, I see a lot of agents because they're so scared of losing a client, uh, that they keep the people that they really don't want to work with. <laughs> and, uh, I know you, you, this is a work and a job, but sometimes there's, there's certain levels, uh, of where you, you know, you'll go above and beyond for people. So the best thing I always tell agents and getting a little bit of a training type thing is when you have choices is when you have enough business or to the level where you want to be, where a client comes to you and you go, the day you say no is one of the best days you're going to have in real estate. No, I, I don't, you know, I have, I'm at my limit with buyers. I'm at my limit with sellers. And, uh, and, and it's probably best for you to go to another agent. And I help, agents role play with what to say to people uh, a couple times a week with that, you know, because we have people taking advantage of agents, uh, their time and their commitment to them and not uh, committing to them. If that helps answer that question. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, and I know there's probably agents who are shaking their heads saying, no way, I could always take on more clients. But I'm going to give you an example. This is something I preach to my team. Uh, I live in Twinsburg, you know, right next to Solon where our office is. If I got a buyer lead in Lorraine, for example, I'm sorry, I am not the best agent to serve that client. So even though that client may say, oh, no, I heard great things about you. I got to work with, with you. It, not only would I be doing myself a disservice, but I'd be doing a disservice to the client by taking that person on. So uh, it's not a personality thing in that case. It's a geographic thing. This podcast is brought to you by Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, real estate agents serving all of Ohio. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or you're an agent looking to partner with the number two team for Century 21 in the entire U.S., contact Mike via email at mike at 21 Mike. And one of the most beautiful things about our business, Tony, we talk about this all the time, but what do you do when I've got a, a potential client in Lorraine and I live in Twinsburg? What should I do? Well, call, call me at the office and we'll have plenty of agents in that area and we'll find a good one for you that, that matches up with you and your client. And the cool thing about our business that I was alluding to is that beautiful thing called a referral fee. You know, we're, we're in such a great business where, you know, anywhere pretty much in the world, if we have a client who's relocating, uh, whatever the case may be, remember, we are able to collect referral fees, which is perfectly legal. And it's one of the wonderful things about our business. And believe me, if you've ever been on the other end, the receiving end of a referral, you're happy to pay whatever that, that fee is in most cases, as long as it's reasonable uh, to have some business that you never would have had. So the, the geographic right. thing is, is one example of when a person isn't a good fit for you. There are other reasons as well, and you've kind of talked about those, Tony. Yeah, no, basically, and then back uh, just quickly about referrals. I, we have some agents that make more money on referrals than they do their own business. If some agents that never leave their house, never show a buyer, never take a listing, and always refer out to that. Uh, uh, the business is getting the business and then handling the client, and you could always team up with another agent with that. So I always say uh, three halves is better than one whole. I think a lot of agents go, want the whole pie, and then they, they don't realize that if it's the time you spent on some clients and driving to Lorraine, if you spent that time 
prospecting and finding more business, you'd have more money. Yeah, so I want one and a half there. buys. I want one and a half right, buys, yeah. Tony. <laughs> you could have as many as you want. You got to find those referrals. And an example, you know, like you said, I'm sorry, I just want to stress this, is outside the area. I had one agent last year had two referrals in California. One check was 15000 One check was 16000 for 25% of the uh, commission. And he made more money last year with those two referrals than all the time and effort he spent on all the other buyers and sellers that he had, too. Amazing. So that I makes would it... stress that. Why don't you go find an area, go open up, you know, just start calling referrals on people you know or in an area where there are more expensive houses. And yeah, <laughs> there's a lot well, of places in the country that have that. That's right. It it brings to mind the difference in price range between Northeast Ohio and California. But I'm sorry, I'll stay here in Northeast Ohio. Um, all right. So that's and uh, one last example of this um, not not needing to have every customer. I'll give you another example: a short sale. You know, everyone says, "Oh, I got to have listings. I want listings." What if you're not educated in short sales, for example, you know, maybe it's not best for you to take a short sale listing uh, because of the time and um, energy that you're going to expend in doing something that you're not good at. And worse yet, like we talked about geographically, if you uh, go into a deal that you're not good at, that you don't have knowledge of, you're potentially opening yourself up to liability. We know that if we try to work outside our area of expertise, Again, that might be a problem with ethics, you know, that we're going outside of our lane. Um, so let me go on to number three, Tony, because we're winding down to our last few minutes. These sessions go by so fast. Um, on the same vein, the note that I had, the last category, is that it's costly to try to satisfy every customer. Just like my Southwest Airlines example in, in the beginning, look, they have their way of doing things. They're efficient. Um, they, they are a profitable company because they're good at what they do. It's just like McDonald's. Uh, a couple of nights ago, we just watched um, the, the founder, the story of Ray Kroc. McDonald's knows what they're good at and they stay in their lane. And, uh, you know, I think lately we've seen them expanding the menu. But back in the day, they had like five items on the menu. And, and that's how they were so profitable. They, they, were, they stayed in their lane and they were good at what they did. It gets expensive when you try to satisfy every customer. So going back to my short sale example, the time and energy that you will burn trying to figure out how to do a short sale if you're not good at that or experienced at that um, could take away from what you are good at. Like you could have closed three other deals to, to use the example you used earlier, Tony. So the cost involved with going outside of your lane, I think is the third category. Um, hey, do you have any ex examples or have you seen agents doing this, Tony? Oh, yeah, but the, the cost is more along the lines of time. Uh, you know, I see uh, agents spending most of their time with the active clients and not cutting out their marketing and prospecting. So if you, uh, and that was one of my videos yesterday or Friday was explaining that you remember your buyers, your sellers, you have one that could take up all of your day because they're thinking about it all day long. They would talk to you all day long <laughs> because they're always thinking about it. So you got to uh, juggle that and make sure you don't have a client that's going to take up too much of your time uh, and not uh, have a result. Like I have agents keeping clients and showing them houses that they can't buy or 
or in areas that they they know 100% they won't buy in, but there's no other houses for, available, but they feel like they need to show them something and get to keep them as clients. So yeah. you got to really watch your time. That's a great segue into my last thing, Tony. Uh, I want to role play two things with you real quick. One is firing a customer, but you just brought up another good one. So I want you to tell me how you would how you would handle this. I'm your buyer and I'm insisting on seeing homes above what I can afford. So I call you up, Tony, I want to see 123 Main Street. I know it's $100,000 more than what I'm pre-approved for. Um, how do you tell me no? Sure. No, that's very easy with that is just explain them. Listen, when we present an offer, I have ethics and, and, and just our professional courtesy to the other side that I have someone that is approved in this price range, or it's, it looks, makes me look bad. It makes uh, our industry look bad because you would want that as a seller. If you sell it or someone came in and couldn't afford your house and found out 30 days later that you missed out another offer. So we really need to stay. And again, I'll show you any houses that you're approved for. If you go you know, try another lender, try to get as high as possible, we can't go this. And then the best news about this market is I still had this, an agent had a buyer with this last week, still thinks that it can negotiate the price with the seller. It's offered at 200. Oh, let's start at 150. This is not the market. <laughs> You're not right. starting at 150. You'll start at 200. Uh, so the good news about the market is it's helping that kind of situation because the buyers know from seeing the news that people are selling over asking, we can't try to negotiate and go in lower. Like if you're proof for 150 and the house is 200, you're not getting it for 150. You right. know, it's not going to happen. Especially yeah. just came on the market. So the market kind of helped us with those conversations, but yes, I, I but I say I would use the ethics and pro, being professional in our industry of not, uh, you know, uh, wanting to continue with them until, uh, but you're happy to help them in their price range. At that Last rate, one, at that. Tony. So let's sure. say I don't listen to your advice. I think I know everything and you've gotten to the point where you realize that I am just a burden on you, I fall into these categories, and I keep insisting on writing low offers and seeing houses out of my price range, and you've decided it's time to part ways, how do you break it to me? Sure. No, basically, I said, I really feel all of my clients, uh, we have a great relationship, and we, we're on the same page in how we, we handle clients, how we handle our offers, how we handle negotiations, and my my way of negotiation is is I want to get my buyers a great fair price and the lowest fair price as possible. You're kind of outside my zone. You're at, you're going into the, I'm trying to steal the property from these people. I'm not that kind of agent. I want to get you the best deal, but the only time I would be, you know, would if there's a house on the market that's been on the market two, three years, Obviously, there's situations where we could we could go in there and and I could do the research for you too. But you're doing this on every house. We can't do that. I'm going to give you a range of where I think the low end is and where the high end would be, and we got to be in that range. You trust me if you're going to trust me as your real estate advisor. You'll trust me that I'm going to do this research for you, and I want to tell you where you're going to get a great price for this house, but within the fair reason, you know, uh, region of of the, the property because again is my professionalism as my ethics as agents we can't 
be going around with buyers and trying to uh, and waste the seller's time, the other agent's time. We're pre-approving our buyers and making sure we're educating our buyers of what uh, the cost of these houses are. So, uh, but now, now I'm off, you know, what I would yeah, say. So, but, I'm but, explaining, yeah, you've done but this. I'm, uh, yeah, you've done this and uh, I'm oh, not listening. Fire me. Lay it on me. Correct. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying, I'm sorry. I don't think this is the, the right fit for us because the way I do business, I think there's other agents that might be a better fit for you, but I have other clients that I have to, 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 that really want to buy now. And if you really want to buy now at a fair price, I'm happy to keep you. So you always, I always say, you tell them, I would love to keep you, but you got to listen to what I'm saying. But if you're not going to listen to what I say, I think it's best for you that we, we separate and we, we go our own ways. And I think, you know, I'm happy to refer you to other agents if you want to, but obviously we tell our agents that there's totally, on, 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 <laughs> we don't want another agent to deal with another problem, but there's some agents that have a better way of explaining it to people with communication on that. But I'm happy just to tell them this. I'm sorry, it's just not a good fit. I, I really uh, pride myself in making sure I have a good relationship with the clients where they trust my my expertise and trust my judgment and I'm going to look for the best deal for you and you're not trusting me and you're not uh, going with my recommendation. So I think it's not a good fit. Exactly. Love it, Tony. You took the words out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. So by the way, Tony mm -hmm. does daily uh, workouts, uh, real estate workouts. Those start at noon. So we got to cut him loose. Thanks for joining us, Tony. We'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. And everybody always use me as a resource. Call me, text me. I'm happy to help out too. All right. Take care. All right. Have a All good right. day. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed free beer and real estate from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. Please subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube by searching for Mike Ferrante, Cleveland Realtor. You will find videos, training, and even recipes from 21 Mike's Vegan Kitchen.